Yo, check it, check it. This is called Kanai, Brooklyn, New York. I just finished doing my episode of Hollywood Unlocked. It's pretty dope. Melissa Ford, my man Jason, we talked about the beginning days of Carl Kanai. We talked about the crack era. We talked about Tupac, Biggie, Michael Jackson. Spread some knowledge on the business and how things went down. Carl Kanai, the originators. Definitely a show to watch. Everybody look out for it coming out soon. Peace. Okay, so listen, I received some mail. You know, I use stamps.com and stamps.com, you know, it's my friend for many reasons because of convenience. I don't have to go nowhere. Mm -hmm. Just sit in my house on my computer, go to stamps.com and boom, I send bad news all day long. (laughs) So you would think they got stamps.com in prison because my ex is sending me notifications of him and his new girlfriend. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I know know that you'll get over it in about 3.5 seconds. Well, you know, it's sort of like, you know, when you're texting a fight and you just hit them right back with something. Now with stamps.com, I could literally just shoot that letter right back. It takes three or five days to get there. Then it has to go through the handlers. Then once it gets to the cell block and sort it out amongst all the criminals, my ex finds out what the fuck I think about his new relationship. Right. Well, I like stamps.com just because I'm old school and I love snail mail. I love sending personalized messages. My mom likes getting letters from me because she's creating a scrapbook and... So it really kind of works out for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so tell everybody about Stamps.com and how they, too, can get in on the convenience of mailing shit from your house. Exactly. Okay, so right now, if you guys go to Stamps.com, before you do anything else, you got to click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Unlocked. That's Stamps.com, and then enter Unlocked. And you will... uh, It includes $55 worth of free postage, a digital scale, and four-week trial. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Don't say we don't do nothing for you guys. Listen, folks, (laughs) you don't just have to mail letters. You can actually mail packages. So, like, for example, when your ex get out of prison and you need to pack up all this shit and mail it to his (laughs) new girlfriend house, you can actually use stamps.com to do that, too. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're starting an online boutique like every other girl is doing on Instagram, well, stamps.com is going to be your best friend for Mm -hmm. saving on Postage, shipping, and handling. You know, now that I'm over at Fashion Nova on the brand team, I wonder if I convert them to stamps.com, will I then get a residual? You know what? It's worth the ask. Ooh, it'd be worth That's a lot of damn postage. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Well, listen, right now, if you go to, what do they need to do to get this they free? Get, just go to stamps.com and then click on the top um, uh, left-hand corner, and there's a microphone there, and then you enter unlocked, and it's going to unlock your free trial. Four weeks free a digital scale, and $55 worth of free postage. That's a lot. And if you're mailing stuff from a trap house, you better not use that digital scale for anything other than stamps.com. So go to stamps.com <laughs> and enter unlocked. Yes. Get your free shit today. What up, everybody? This is Jason Lee, and this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. And I'm Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curve Queen. And I'm Tonio Skits, a.k.a. Tonio Skits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Giovanni's out today. And we have the um, legendary, iconic man of fashion, Carl Kanai. So the last time we hung out, we were in Drury, Manchester, England. Yep. And, you know, it's crazy because when I, you know, Carl Kanai for me growing up young, you know, people think I'm Dominican, whatever. Mm. I'm a nigga. <laughs> you know, I grew up wearing Carl Kanai clothing mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, not grow up like as a little kid, but as, you know, as a teen and then to become friends with um, the legendary iconic fashion designers. It's a blessing. Thank you. And you always have good, like good conversation. You're always, you always have good word. Thank you. So um, I'll share really quick a conversation that we had. So we're in London and we're talking about Hollywood Unlocked. And 
think you gave me a compliment. You were just talking about the journey and how we've been going and, you know, just growing. And it just, I don't know, it just, it feels good to know that people recognize the hard work that other people are putting in because, you know, all of us that started somewhere, whether it's you in fashion or me in media, we all start somewhere and you never know along the way if people acknowledge the work that you do. So I just want to say thank you. No, I appreciate that. You know, it takes real one to recognize another real one. And, you know, we all go through the struggle for success. And it's good to big up each other at the same time. Absolutely. Okay, so now, you know, fashion, everybody's paying attention to fashion, I think, more than ever now. And I don't know why that is. But you've seen the trends of fashion change over the years. Where do you think we are in the world of fashion as it relates to the urban influence in fashion today? Yeah, I think the urban influence is getting stronger and stronger. You know, when we first started back in the days, there was no urban influence at all. You know, we were wearing um, Sassoon, Jordash, mm -hmm. Calvin Klein, mm -hmm. Shams the Baron, Campus, Izod, things like that. And me and my friends used to go shopping. And I remember they used to look at us like we we're trying to steal something in the stores. So, you know, we used to get pissed off about that. And at the same time, the fit of the clothing wasn't the way that we wanted it to be. So I learned something very young in life that as opposed to, as opposed to complaining about things, go out there and make something happen. Mm -hmm. That's what influenced me to start doing our own clothing and show that you can come from the streets and make your own clothing and supply stuff for your own people as opposed to waiting on another man to dress you. So you were 16 when you started designing clothes or when you started the Carl, not, not the Carl Knight brand, but when you started just getting into design, you were 16. Yeah, actually, you know, I got into the fashion because my dad, my family's from Costa Rica and Panama. My dad's Panamanian. He used to have a certain way he wanted his clothes made. So he used to get his clothes made by a tailor. So as a young kid, I used to go with him to Delancey Street to buy his fabrics and go back to Brooklyn to his tailor. And his tailor used to make his clothing. So I kind of saw the process of how you can make clothing without technically knowing how to sew. So when we moved to the inner city in Brooklyn, my mom and my dad split up. We moved to East New York. And... It was a big project with 50 buildings, 20 stories for each building. So it was a lot of kids in the project. So my first day out, all the kids hung out in the shopping center. I remember going out there and just my first day to meet all the kids. So I went out there and I had some sneakers on. I had my little outfit. I thought I was fresh. So the first time I went out there, this dude said, yo, shorty, man, what kind of sneakers you got on? I said, man, these are skips. He said, man, I'm just coming from the grocery stores. Get out of here. Don't crap, man. So I was like... I felt so embarrassed. I went home crying to my mom. I was like, mom, man, these kids out here is ruthless. They're laughing at my clothes. I need some money to go buy some clothing. You know, my family's from the islands. They was like, she's like, boy, you better go out there and find yourself a job. Oh, yes, my father said the same yeah, thing. You, you know, got champagne taste on a beer income, sweetheart. You better go. I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You, you, know, you know the feeling. He was serious. Yeah, you know the yes, feeling. Yes, I do. So what did I do at that point? I went out and I found a job. At 12 mm -hmm. years old, I found me a newspaper route. Mm -hmm. I used to get up at 5.30 in the morning to deliver newspapers so I could get some money because I had to hang out with these kids, but I could not go out there getting dissed. Mm -hmm. so but did, did you realize when you had the paper route, though, that you weren't just doing it for money, but you were also learning, like, hard work ethic, being consistent, like, and you just don't working think, You hard. don't know that at yeah. that time. You're just like, I'm just trying to get some I had a gear. newspaper route, wrapping that shit up and putting them rubber bands on and then throwing it. Yeah, that, yeah. that, yeah. It, yeah, you're I think Now that I look back at it, it, it was definitely setting the tone for who I am today. Because right mm -hmm. now I can't sleep. I still get up at five o'clock every morning, mm -hmm. no matter what time I go to bed. Mm. It's, it's setting from back then. Mm. This, I think this was the first recorded incident of, what are those kids? What are those? What, hey, with the skips. <laughs> nah, the skips that he had on, he was getting roasted. I was getting, man. Was what, getting, what year was this? This is like, oh man, this is, this is like 82, 83. Yeah, definitely. You were getting roasted. I was getting done. And I, I didn't realize my mother's actually getting my sneakers from the 
from the frozen food department in the grocery store. No they, they, way, they, they, they weren't sneakers. joking. <laughs> no, they sell sneakers in the grocery store. He wasn't joking about grocery store nah, straight sneakers. Up. And that's, that's where he used to get them from. So, you know, I was thinking the other day I was with a friend of mine. He's uh, one of the, he's a video director for um, uh, Bryson Tiller, their best friends. They have a clothing line that they've just started. I can't remember the name of the clothing line. Um, but anyway, uh, he was talking to me about the journey that he's been on for the last four years, discovering where he wants to go, high end, you know, uh, the other stuff that he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Made to wear. Made to wear. Yeah. Thank you. I, you know, fashion. I, this hey, is what, listen, uh, let me tell you what an expert does. An expert <laughs> surrounds themselves with people who are experts in other shit. I'm the mm-hmm. expert of knowing people. Mm-hmm. I ain't the expert of nothing else. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to him and as I was listening to his own self-discovery on the journey of getting there and him and the fear of he's only 24. He's been doing this for four years, but mm-hmm. he's like, I don't want to be 34 looking back and never have done it successfully. Right. You never studied design. You never studied. You you weren't a tailor, but then you became a an iconic fashion brand in mm-hmm. the that that not only just became a part of the culture, but really was driving the culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Because there are people like Elijah who are sitting out there that are like, I want to get into fashion, but they see the Supremes and they see the Louis Vuittons and they feel very overwhelmed with the industry that's mm-hmm. already saturated. Yeah. How did you not having that background do yeah. that? I think you just said something really key right there. Like a lot of people coming out now, you feel overwhelmed by all these competitors out there. You know, when you're young, you're from the inner city, you have no fear. You have no fear of failure. And there wasn't any blueprint for how we make this thing happen. There wasn't someone before me who did it so we could say, I want to be like this guy. I just started making custom-made clothing for myself. And as I wore it in the projects around those same dudes, back, you got to take it back in the late 80s, in the, in the 80s, going into the 90s, everybody was selling drugs right then. Mm-hmm. Drug money was all over the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, you go uptown. It was almost like legal to sell drugs. People used to stand up online buying crack mm-hmm. and things like that. So getting money wasn't a problem. So as I started wearing my outfits, all these drug dealers was coming to me. Yo, shorty, I want one of those outfits. Where'd you get that from? Where'd you get it from? As opposed to telling them, I was like, yo, I'll make you one. Mm-hmm. The dudes would actually give me cash. Mm-hmm. And I used to go back to my tail and do the process and make the suits for them. One key day, though, we were sitting in the projects, and this guy walked by, Joe. He had one of my suits on. I was sitting with some girls. I was bragging. I was like, yo, I made that outfit for him. They was like, no, you didn't. They was like, yes, I did. They said, tell him come over here. He comes over. She's like, who made that jacket for you? He's like, Carl made it. Why, what's up? She's like, can I see your jacket? She starts looking at it, and she goes, hmm, if Carl made it, how come his name ain't on it then? Mm-hmm. And that's when it hit me. Because back then I wasn't branding. I didn't even have a name. I was just making clothes with no label in it, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So that's, when she said that, I'm like, damn, I should start putting my name in the clothing. Mm-hmm. And that's literally how it all started. Yeah. So our researcher told us I, that, you I, know, I, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Because I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Our, our researcher told us about that your last name is not Kanai, it's Williams. But before that, it was Casanova. I mean, how could you change Carl Casanova? <laughs> I mean, that name slick. is so that's, fabulous. That's and it's your government. But like, where does where yeah. did Kanai come from? And let's not mention that that's like Superman finding out the nigga's name is Clark. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be Superman. Nigga. Carl Casanova. That's, well, that's smooth. Well, here's the deal. My father, when we came to the United States, my mm-hmm. father wanted to Americanize the family. So he changed our last name to an American last name, Williams. Mm. And he only spoke English in the household. So he wanted us to learn American culture and English. So when after she made that comment to me, I, was, I went back home and I was trying to come up with my line of jeans. I was like, Carl Williams jeans. Yeah, no. Just didn't have that. It didn't give me that John and Karen, Georgia Armani, Gianni Versace. Didn't have that ring to it. Mm-hmm. Can I was a question of self-doubt. I used to ask myself all the time, can I be successful? Can I come from the inner city? 
Can I be black and build a brand that's gonna be international? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I didn't have the answers to that. So I like to doodle a lot on a piece of paper. Anytime I get a pen in my house, I like to keep writing on a piece of paper. I used to sit at my house in the projects and listen to In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins with the lights on. Love that song. For some strange reason, I used to do every night and thinking about this brand mm -hmm. and think about this name. And Can I was, a, I used to write it on a piece of paper for some strange reason. One day I just looked at Carl, Can I? And I asked five of my friends, hey man, there's this designer called Carl Kanai that makes some dope stuff. Um, you guys heard about him? Of course they all said no, because it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. But they, I said, what well, you guys think of that name? I said, your name's kind of dope. Mm -hmm. So I asked five of my friends who never liked anything, and they all said they liked the name. And I was like, all right, cool, that's gonna be my name from now on. And mm -hmm. that's when I did it. And when I became a citizen in 1998, mm -hmm. I, failed I failed the test twice. The naturalization test? Yeah, I yeah. failed it twice. Mm -hmm. When I passed the test, the lady it was a little small Russian lady. She's like, oh, congratulations, you passed. She says, do you want to change your name? Mm. So I already had Carl Kanai going at the time. And I was wondering why would she ask me that? Because mm -hmm. I knew she didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. She <laughs> says, and I says, why did you ask me that? She says, oh, no, because we ask everyone from foreign countries. Sometimes people have really long last names. They want to condense it. She mm -hmm. said, so I said, I could change my name to whatever I want it to be. She says, whatever you want it to be, you could change your name right now. It'll tie right into your social security number. And I says, all right. Call Kanai, that's what it is. So now, tell your man, it's Call Kanai legit now, for sure. Okay, yeah. all right, dope. <laughs> so back in the day, your hustle included, you talked about the whole crack era. You were selling clothes out your car. Yeah. The conversation I was having the other day again with Elijah was, um, he's a creative, and you know, us super creatives, you know, you're a comic actor, you're uh, a, a fashion designer. Um, I don't know what the fuck I am at this point, but <laughs> we're creative people like in media. We're creating content. We're creating, creating. Sometimes you, you lack execution or we lack execution because we're so busy mm -hmm. creating. He, I think, suffers from that. He's a creative who is now having to figure out the execution part of it. How important we're was terrible it? terrible at it. How important is the hustle part of getting your brand off the line, especially in an environment like fashion that is so <clears> saturated? <throat> It's all hustle. Uh, basically, man, we just took the street hustle of how we used to hustle on the streets and put it into the fashion world. And I tell kids from the inner city all the time, we're so blessed to come from the inner city. If what a kid goes through the inner city, kids that grew up in the suburbs will never experience that. Mm -hmm. You get war wounds, you get scratches on you, you get to, to feel the integrity of the streets. And it's such a powerful thing. It's something that school will never teach you, only mm -hmm. life experience, especially when you learn at a young age. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we just took that, and failure wasn't no option for us. We were going to make it no matter what. So when we came to California, we had $1,000 in a pocket full of dreams, but we were not going back to New York unless we were successful. And so how did you, so we just recently had Jennifer Lewis in here, and she played Tupac's mom in uh, Poetic, Poetic Justice. Justice, and you had a relationship with Tupac. How did that relationship come about? And, and I found it interesting how you got him involved with your brand and how he became such an influential part of it. Absolutely, Tupac now, that was such a different artist for us to work with. Uh, he used to wear my clothing all the time. And I remember when I seen that video with um, him and MC Bree, I Gotta Get Mines, and they both had on Carl Kanai in the video, and we got so much reaction from that video coming out. And I wanted to meet Tupac really When bad. you say reaction, what do you mean? Retailers. People stores, were asking stores for Stores started, re yeah, because we, we ran Detroit, Chicago, New York. That show you the power of hip hop. Mm -hmm. Retailers was basing it on what they saw on TV. And keep in mind, this is the era where there's no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, mm -hmm. no cell phone, no none no of internet. That. There was no internet. It was yeah. none of that. So we had beepers though. We had beepers. Beepers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and remember, the, re the original beepers didn't even have a number. It just had um, you just get a beep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Damn. Why? Well, damn. Yeah. So you just get a beep. <laughs> How old are you again, man? <laughs> 
<laughs> so you taking you way back then. So my point was, so with Tupac, after he wore it in that video, I had to meet him. So my friend set it up and I met him at the Hotel Nico, which is now the SLS on La Cienica. Mm-hmm. So I go to his room, knock on the door, and he says, come in. We go in and he's sitting at a table and he's writing a script to a movie and he's smoking blunt after blunt and having a very intelligent conversation with us about black culture and hip hop, but he never looked at me. And I was like- I was He never to, made eye contact? Never made eye contact. But he's talking to me like normal. And this is the first time we met. And, so I'm like, and he knows it's you. Yeah. Okay. Now we're cool. He's but he was just into what he was he was multitasking. He's writing a script and talking to me, doing smoking weed, doing everything at one time. So I'm I'm trying to get a read on him to like ask him the initial question I wanted to ask him. So finally room service came to the room and I remember they knocked on the door and the guy put a towel over his mouth. There was so much smoke in the room <laughs> and he delivered the food and Tupac was sitting there and I was like, Yo, Pop. I was like, So like, um, how much would you charge me to do an ad? And the room just got quiet. And he didn't <laughs> say nothing. I was like, damn, I fucked up. Because there was no influencer marketing back then. There no. was no such thing as an influencer no, marketing campaign. Yeah. It was none of that. What we had was, back then we had Source Magazine. Just the culture. Right on and word up. Yeah. And the room stayed quiet. Finally, he's like, yo, man, you black. I don't charge my people for nothing. Mm. And the man kept his word. Two weeks later, he was in New York, and he did the photo shoot. Actually, he said, no, I want one thing. I was like, oh, well, here we go. How much millions do you want, Tupac? He's like, yo, I want you to put Thug Life in some of the ads on me. I'm like, that's it? He's like, that's it. And that's, after that, that kind of like broke the ice in the conversation. Then he's like, yo, I got this idea. I want to be on a toilet taking a shit with your drawers on. <laughs> and then, then, he's like, then he's like, yo, I, got this, I, I, want to, I want to be on top of a basketball rim with your clothes on, sitting on men. So that was all, Tupac was actually directing the whole shoot. Creative mm-hmm. director. Creative, the whole shoot. Yeah. It was all his concept, everything we wanted to do. And check this out. Even when we did all of that, he didn't even want the clothes for free. Wow. He wanted to pay for the clothes. Really? Wow. That's so, how real he was. So things have changed because it's very different now. And oh, I, yeah. So Puffy yesterday, love Puffy. Let me just get that out first before y'all start tagging him and saying I'm <laughs> talking shit about him. Puffy posted something yesterday, and we had talked. To, we had had this conversation about black excellence when I was when we were in London, and he had posted all of the current heads of labels and whatever, and he said we need to push these people to the top. And I said, I'm not pushing a motherfucker to the top just because they're black. There has to be reciprocity. We have to lift each other up. And mm-hmm. and and now I feel like it's less about what you just described with you and Tupac, and more about I got to get there. I just got to get there. No, we can all get there. We drive the culture. We're the culture. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, I had that reaction. But like, what, where do you think the changes happened from that experience with you and Tupac and how that impacted your brand and the culture versus what we experience now? I think with the whole social media thing, it kind of, kind of screwed people up somewhat, like living a different false sense of reality. So everybody's trying to get their likes up. It's about me, 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 me not about us together. Mm-hmm. Everybody's worried about their page and what they get out of it and the content. There's a lot of competition. It's very hard, for, I think, for a kid to grow up nowadays, too, a lot of competition with social media. So I think the whole climate has changed right now, and people can see whether you're successful or not very quickly. Back in the days, you didn't know how successful somebody was unless you sort them out on the streets or whatever mm-hmm. like that. So I think the mentality has changed somewhat. And it's a lot easier for somebody to get famous and popular. So it's like every man for themselves type of mentality now. So you're really successful online. You create a lot of skits, Tonio skits. You you create, but people know you as being like 
one of the biggest or not the biggest content creator and you're very collaborative. Why do you think nowadays it's very hard to collaborate with a lot of people? Um, what happened is, what, what happened, what I've experienced is um, a lot of people that have a large following, um, they they grow so fast, the fame comes to them or the sense of what whatever fame is because it's now so subjective I what fame is. I say that all the time. And uh, they think they made it somewhere and they lose that humbleness. So now I made it. You know, I don't got to film with this person. I got to film with that person. And when I moved to L.A., my 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 only thing that I stuck to was I would always collaborate with whoever that was creative. I didn't care how many followers you have. I didn't care where you came from. I didn't. If you're creative, let's 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 do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, by doing that, I was able to uh, um, mix in with a large crowd of people I've never even met um, that accepted me. And but along the way, I've learned. I met a lot of those people where um, they felt they were too good, mm-hmm. you know. And by too good, meaning you know they have a larger follower. But social media, the way I look at it now, it's the new Hollywood, if you may. Because back then, it was all about you know your status, who you who who are you, uh, um, who do you associate with, uh, you know how much money you have or whatever it is. But now it's just how many followers you have, who you who 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 you who who do you film with? Well, I, I could tell you. Listen, the 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 video with Biggie, one more chance. I could remember that motherfucker like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of the vines, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember that shit. And the thing I think for me. You know, having, you know, been friends with Queen Latifah for 25 years and seeing the evolution of a rapper, actress, fucking, you know, uh, Oscar nominated actress, you know, producer, director. I mean, a director, producer. Um, I've seen the evolution of that career, you know, and I think where you you're diverse is you definitely do a lot more outside of just content creating on Instagram and, and the fact that you are collaborative. But I'm wondering, like, where do we lose the sense of fostering collaboration and like making it together and growing together. Where did that, is this just the social media craze you think? I, I think so. I think it's like every man for themselves. I think that, you know, as people build their followers, it's like, I'm not gonna do that for you because I'm not gonna help you get my followers on your page, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So it's like every man for themselves. But I, I do feel eventually it's gonna get back to the realness again because this is not gonna last forever. Yeah, people, I, mean, I, I just wanna add on to that, to that idea. It's a different world right now. Mm-hmm. Information, the, the information we get now in an hour is so much faster. There's so much data going on. Uh, we're growing at a faster, at a faster speed. We're moving so fast. I, I can, I can draw this comparison to remember the housing market when everybody was able to get a house and everything was moving so fast and that bubble burst. I feel like in social media, everything's moving so fast that something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It, it's just too much, too many people doing the exact same thing. Like something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Even even in the music industry, name one rapper that's new out right now. That's not Cardi B, but a, a, a rapper that doesn't have a face tat. It's crazy right now. That, that yeah. It's just. Yeah, it's true. I wish that face tat well, let me tell, let, stop. But you know, I guess where I can tell you one, one example in tying to fashion where kind of there was a backlash was when uh, Gucci tried to take Dapper Dan's swag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, there's cultural vultures everywhere in the industry. <laughs> you know, I ran into Iggy Azalea at Coachella, and I said, hey, she said, hey. I said, when you coming on my show? She said, well, what you going to ask me? I said, oh, I'm not going to ask you nothing. Because, you know, she gets accused <laughs> of being a cultural vulture, which I love Iggy Azalea, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of that when you saw that happen with Gucci? And now they have, they're collaborating, like, apparently. Yeah. But what did you think about that? I think, you know... Just designers like Gucci's and Louis Vuitton, and they're, they're um, I'm not gonna say opportunists, but I would say that they do things in the moment, meaning that 
streetwear culture is is big right now, so they need to find a way to be part of that. But my thing is, what happens when it ain't the hot thing anymore? They're gonna go back to using all the white models and using all the white um, runway shows and things like that, and forget about us again. Mm-hmm. So you know, we got to be very mindful of that. Although we're excited that you know Virgil is there, I I, I like the idea of us building our own brands for our own selves. You know, what I mean? because Off White was really successful. Yeah, and so now. He's uh, Virgil Abloh is now the men's designer for Louis. What do you think? Do you think that? Do you think that collaboration is really? A, that's more than just take, tapping into the culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on, I mean, it's right there written. They had face. the success with Supreme. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just right there written in your face. I mean, this streetwear culture. And the thing about it now, when we first started, urban fashion was all black. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like our clothes weren't appealing to other markets. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel other cultures are even. Bigger. They want it even more. They even want it more yeah. than us. Like right now, our biggest markets is Germany, Switzerland, and Amsterdam. Who would think? Mm. And we have 10 stores in Japan right mm. now. So we have a bunch of um, foreigners wearing our clothing and building up our culture. So things have definitely changed a lot. But I think it's more important that we start to have our own ownership for our own culture because otherwise then we just big them up and they can just leave us alone in how, the past. How are you able to avoid um, you know, that kind of counterfeiting thing that big labels try to do and, you know, try and absorb smaller brands by, you know, basically aping their, their whole, you know, look and design yeah. and then taking it for themselves. How were you able to like avoid that Remember from that? happening? It, it was very difficult for us back in the days, you know, we had our uh, Kanai signature and they were just bootlegging that thing left and right all mm-hmm. over the place. And it got to the point where retailers couldn't even sell my stuff anymore because they couldn't defi- define what was real and what was fake mm. because the signature looked the same. Mm-hmm. That's when I came up with the metal plate. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. always think in this business, there's always an answer once you dig deep. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't let, my mother always say, you know, one monkey don't stop the show. You got always got to think about the next level. So mm-hmm. we always try to keep it moving and be fast paced and never selling for less. So I think mm-hmm. just being more forthright thinking and thinking more future will help separate you from a lot of other designers that's out there. So the metal plate came about to prevent people from stealing? From the counterfeiting. Because oh, Counterfe- wow. the embroidery was a lot easier for them just to embroider and make a fake car can I shirt. But for them to go through the process of ordering a leather patch and a metal plate, it got a little bit more difficult for them to do. So I was hoping by me doing that, they'll move on to another brand, leave me alone. Mm. So it worked for a while. Did you actually trademark that kind of, that... I guess that that late that logo and label design. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that, so that they couldn't they replicate couldn't, that. They couldn't replicate it. But if you see now, there's still designers today who's trying to Im- imitate our look mm-hmm. by using their logo on it. But people still know what's real or not. Did mm-hmm. that change the price of the clothing? It did. It kind of it did raise it the price of the clothing expensive. somewhat. Yeah, yeah, it did raise the clothing, but we had to do what we had to do because otherwise, then your brand could be one of those brands where you were here today and gone tomorrow. You got to keep setting the tone for what the culture is, and you know with hip hop. As you remember in the 90s, hip hop was about how much money you got and flossing and things like that. So your clothing kind of had to speak to that customer also. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was going to say, so in 1996, you became one of the t- uh, richest, one of the most, 100 most richest, I want to say, is it not African-Americans, right? Mm-hmm. African-Americans in 1996. Yeah. So how did you spend your money? Did you invest? Did you go on strip clubs like Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> like, what did you do with that all that money? Like you're sitting here with all this money. What do you do with it? Man, I, you know, I don't, no, I don't do strip clubs. I, um, we travel a lot. We, um, we had apartments in Japan and in Germany. We spent a lot of time over there. We felt like we had to build an international market for this brand to really be successful. We knew that the United States market is kind of fickle, especially when all these other urban brands start jumping on the, on the scene. 
buyers are buying what was on the, on the latest video. You know, you had Rock, Rock Away, Sean John, Fat Farm, you know, all these brands doing similar looks. So if a kid goes in the store, he has $100, which brand is he going to buy? A lot of times he buys what he saw on TV last mm. week, and they were dominating the videos at that point. So we had to make some transitions at that point to stay stay real in the business. So do you see yourself collaborating with a um, – who, who are you interested in collaborating with now? Yeah. You know, as as why we were in Manchester, you know, uh, we're about to do the collaboration. Pretty little thing mm. comes out next month. I think I actually that, saw it. By the way, it looks really good. Yeah, it's um, it's is it be, menswear? No, it's women's. It's women's yeah, wear. It's okay, we're bringing back the whole '90s Leah vibe for the culture type vibe. Bring back the colors and that whole nostalgia look. And I think it's a really cool collaboration because you know, online business is where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl can I certified street. Pretty Little Thing has their customer base, which is really a crossover type of base. I think the combination of the two is going to be good. So we do a collaboration, and we think it fits our brand. It's going to help expand our um, our appeal for Carl Kanai and bring it back to the forefront. Mm. And it's ultra fast fashion, which means a lot of people, a lot, of, a lot of people wearing the clothing, which means a lot more money. Absolutely. So yeah. does what we wear in the U.S. drive what people buy around the world? Absolutely, hundred percent. People want what's happening in, in, in U.S. culture, hands down. If it ain't happening here, it's not. It's very difficult for it, to happen, for it to happen elsewhere. We've been blessed that even when our brand wasn't popping in the United States, say in the 2000 era for like a good eight-year span, what legitimized Carl Kanai to everybody was all the icons that wore my clothing. Mm-hmm. And people know these weren't no paid endorsements. I mean, we could go down the list. We go from Dr. Dre, Snoop. Nas, Biggie, Michael Jackson, Aaliyah, Tupac. But you got Diddy. pictures of Michael Jackson and Carl Knight? Yeah. Oh, I, I would wear that shit on my back. Everywhere yeah. I go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we've been blessed to have all these famous, iconic, old dirty bastard. I mean, I could like, we got Aaliyah, Tupac, Biggie, old dirty bastard, all icons are not here anymore. And they all wore Carl Knight mm-hmm. and they wore it because it was part of the culture and they wore it because it was real and they wanted to be part of it. Right. There's a series on um, on uh, uh, USA Networks right now, the uh, murders of Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac. Yeah. Um, and am I wrong? But did I see Carl Kanai Fat? So did yeah. they approach you? Yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the set designers. Yeah, the yeah. set designers. They yeah. approached you. And we were like, we need authentic. Absolutely. Because they know like that was what they wore. How mm-hmm. can they not? How can they show that? Movie without showing what they actually wore. Mm-hmm. Just like even with, with all eyes on me. We had like six different scenes in there with the Tupac character mm-hmm. wearing Carl Kanai because that's all he wore. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be legit if he wasn't wearing the brand. Over the years, um, you know, well, no, years, decades that your brand has been in existence, have you basically kind of created like, um, what would you call that? What you'd like put in a museum, like, um, like a, like a, did I save a lot of my iconic pieces? Exactly. Yeah, I yes. do. I do have a vault. Okay. Yes. And, and you know what's funny about that mm. is like. Back in 2014, 15, um, Migos, Quavo came to me mm-hmm. and he DM'd me. Yeah. He's like, yo, we want some of that vintage stuff that Biggie and Pac wore. Yeah. I was like, you want the old stuff? Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, we want, what they wore is what we want. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, damn, that's cheating. I already did that already. Mm-hmm. That's too easy. That's easy money right there. <laughs> so, you know, so I went back into, as he inspired me to go back into the boat mm-hmm. and go do that. And that's why I love Quavo. He's such a visionary. Mm. You know, he, he they were one of the first groups from this new young generation culture yeah. who wanted to get behind Rock and Carl Kanai. And again, he didn't ask for no money. He just That's wanted dope. to rock it for the culture. Right. And even when they came out with their latest album, he wore it one day and the next day he had Takeoff wear it. 
and they just did it out of love and i thought that was real well you know it's interesting but again i mean it but it also validates them you know the legends wore it you know so it's it's a reciprocal and that goes back to what i was saying earlier it has to be a reciprocal relationship because you know when jennifer lewis was here she talked about we're all one and we all can exist or coexist and become whatever our fullest potential you know our fullest potential if we're not lifting each other up and we were just at coachella this weekend and saw the migos they are my favorite of this generation, not only because of their songs, their song choices and all that, but just... They're respectful when it comes to, where you know, the who's inspired them. Absolutely. You know, the, the history of, you know, where they're, they're at the forefront of hip-hop now, but who came, who were their forebearers? Exactly. They're respectful, you know, in comparison to, you know, their counterparts who are like, you know, <laughs> fuck Tupac. So how was it back in the day with you, Russell, um, the people who owned, you know, FUBU? Was that, was that... um? Damon John. Damon and, John. Yeah. Were you all friends Carl, yeah. or were you all like frenemies? No, I mean, when when we first started, the guys from FUBU used to come up to my booth at Magic Show and before they got on, asked me for advice. I used to sit out there, the young black, young brothers from Queens, black brothers from Queens, I used to give them advice on what they should do and what I thought they should do. And they took that and they was able to run their own company and become successful. And Russell, the same thing. Russell used to call me up and ask me to go to dinner and picking my brains about the garment industry and things like that. And so a lot of these guys, they came to me for advice and I gave it up because mm. it was nothing to me. I would much rather see another black man get on as opposed to other designers who's going to steal from the culture. Mm. So have you ever written a book about your life? No, it's, it's in the process though now. I feel like now we're going on 30 years coming up um, next year. So it's time to kind of tell a story. You know, I wish the story could have been everything was squeaky clean and great the whole 30 years, but it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been through our ups and downs and trials and tribulations and welcome to the garment business. Have you ever thought of quitting? Never. Never. Ever. This won't happen. Ever. I die before I quit. Did you ever have a plan B? No. There's no plan B. This is gonna this is gonna happen. Mm. I don't want to do nothing else but fashion and this is my calling and I know that's why I'm here. So when Michael Jackson wears your clothes, do you just call your friends and be like, y'all can't fuck with me? Like, what do you say? You know what's funny? Like, when these artists wore the clothes, everything just happens to me in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I even embrace each moment. I think if I really just sat, sit back and think about everything that's happened, everybody wore my clothing, I'd be a little bit overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I just accept each moment and go to the next day to keep this machine going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't look back. You don't stop to smell forward. your own roses. Not really, because, yeah. like... There's so much in this business you got to do to make this thing successful. You don't have time for that. You got to always look for the next positive moment to keep the momentum going, which I think is important. Well, have you have you allowed yourself to enjoy the journey? I enjoy the journey every day. Mm-hmm. Mm. My journey is enjoy when I see an artist wearing my clothing. Like when Ariana Grande wore my bubble coat through the whole video with her and Future every day. Like that makes the journey and the cycle complete for me. Like mm-hmm. I know we're doing the right thing, and I know we have so much long. We have so much more work to do. Ralph Lauren been around since 1967, before I was born, and he's still growing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we have a lot to do. Brands don't, you just don't accomplish all your goals and brands in one to five years. You got to be, you got to go this thing for decades. So we're going on three decades. I think we need about six more decades, six more decades to go. Who put Ariana Grande onto Carl Kanai? Like, how did that happen? A stylist. Okay. Her stylist, his name is Tim. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like, you know, Ariana Grande probably wanted a street appeal. Mm-hmm. And he came, he did a pull. And 
he saw one of these bubble coats that we did back in 1995. He's like, mm. I want this. I'm like, that jacket is big. Yeah. It's a big one. He said, no, that's how she wore it. If you yeah. see how she's wearing it, she's I wearing it like it. an overcoat yeah. in the whole video. She mm -hmm. she made that look happen. You know what I mean? She made Isn't it Isn't cool. she wearing that in the... Um the mobile phone commercial? Was it a Verizon commercial or it's, it's something Not like that? Was she standing on the side of the road? I'm positive that it's your coat she's okay, wearing it's in it. Quite possible. Yeah. She, she loves the jacket. Yeah. And that was really made. And she opened us up to a whole different market as well. So that's what I was going to ask you now. Was the jacket for sale when she wore that? It's, it was for sale soon after that. After she wore it, we had to hurry up and get the jacket. Because that's what I was going to say. Did mm -hmm. you see a demand for it? Yeah, the jackets are very expensive. Mm -hmm. The jackets are $350 a pop. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of expensive. Anyway, but we saw a lot of reaction for it. We sold them on the website. People were, we, Then we started sending pre-orders where people had to pre-order and pre-pay for the jacket so we knew how many to go make. Mm -hmm. So she helped open it up to a lot of people who probably, some people knew about the brand, but she made it more awareness again real mm. quick. Mm. Okay, so what's next for you? Like, you've had all this success over all the decades. You're in all these countries. You've had the icons wearing, like, what's next? What's next is that there's a lot of people in this world who don't know my name yet. And I heard from a close friend of mine who's very, very smart that there's life on Mars. <laughs> so, which means that we need to set up distribution on Mars. So that's <laughs> our next plan. We're working on that right now. Okay. I, 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 I have a question, though. Uh, Costa Rica. Uh, Who in your family is Latino? My whole family's Latino. Everybody. Oh, okay. Everybody we, in my family. We need to point that out. Latino. Yeah. Everybody in my family speaks fluent Spanish, except for me and my sister. Thanks to my dad, he decided not. Cause I was speaking Spanish before we came to the states. I was three years old. My dad decided no more Spanish for you guys. And um, so yeah, everybody in my family is Spanish. We just had a Marla Negra on here last week, and mm -hmm. she was telling. I mean, we all came from probably the same place, but we I guess got dropped off different places. Mm -hmm. I'm from Stockton, <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> no, but I appreciate you coming on the show, and I want you know, of course, everybody who and you say people don't know your name, people know Carl and I. Yeah, everybody I knew knows. how to spell your shit before I knew how to spell my own name. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I appreciate you, you know being humble and always being accessible to me and just. Showing us the love, and mm -hmm. it's a pleasure, you know, having you on here. And we know we, we want to continue to continue to work together somehow. And I'm definitely looking forward to that Pretty Little Things collaboration. Oh, no, it's, it's really gonna, nice. It's going to be yeah. hot. I'm looking hot. forward to that. And yeah. we definitely got to spread the culture worldwide for sure. And I'm an influencer, so, you know, if you want to <laughs> wear your clothes, you <laughs> <laughs> can work something out. Listen, actually, Tonio and I, are, uh, well, he's already been on uh, Wildin' Out on MTV. I just did my first season with him and that's how I got my job. I interviewed Nick here, was like, nigga, nigga need a job. You really? know, so that's how I started. Asking you shall receive. There you go. All right, thank you, Carl. Thank We're you. out. So we are going to just jump right into yeah. hot topics the way Tristan Thompson is jumping into all this pussy. What is happening? I I don't know. Um oh, you know, I do know. Oh, well that was sexual assault. You saw that white oh, girl for fuck's sake. That was sexual assault. She took him and, and dragged his face into her breasts. Okay. Ladies and Hashtag gentlemen. Hashtag me too. Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear the sound of my voice and you are moved by it, <laughs> you have heard the show before and I have said one thing. Niggas ain't shit. Mm. And there's no yeah, way of taking a shot. I'm not taking a shot against any of my brothers. No, no, not, not hating on you. Um, but you know, men love new pussy. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. Right. So I'm not surprised by Tristan Thompson. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised they named the baby true. <laughs> yeah, cause the only thing true is that nigga, that nigga about to get destroyed. You fucked with the Kardashian clan, you know. Bruce turned into uh, Bruhilda. Yeah. Um, Lamar almost died with the hose at the branch. Mm -hmm. 
I saw Chris Humphreys at Coachella. He looked lonely. Niggas don't survive the Kardashians. <laughs> so anyway, do you want to sum up what's going on with Tristan Thompson and Chloe since we just jumped right in it? Okay. Well, everybody was wondering whether or not Chloe was going to end the relationship because, you know, most people would assume just how much cheating it seemed like he was doing um, that she would end things. And she seemed to defiantly stand by her man. She was like, no, this relationship's not over. And she kind of alluded to the fact she felt like he might have been set up. Um, all kinds of really interesting things. But uh, it's looking like that's not necessarily true. Okay, so They're icing him out. So video surface for those of you if you've been living under a rock. Mm -hmm. uh, Khloe Kardashian, she struggled getting pregnant by Lamar Odom when she was when she was married to him. Mm -hmm. Later revealed that she was avoiding that because, you know, he was on drugs and going through their own internal challenges. But then she ends up getting pregnant by Tristan Thompson who now has become the subject of a lot of videos that have surfaced with him and a bunch of women whom you think he's been sexually targeted. Well, his nickname is Third Trimester um, Thompson. Now. Right. So let's not even, <laughs> let's a little backstory. He was, he had a baby mama who was pregnant mm -hmm. at eight or nine months. He left her for Khloe Kardashian because everybody said he was cloud chased and wanted to get famous. Mm -hmm. Khloe took him in, became his girl, then became his baby mama. And so now he's cheating on her. Mm -hmm. So the question I had on Instagram was, who the fuck fault is it? Hers or his? Somebody has to have some karma here in this. Right. Well, that's what people are saying is that karma is a bitch and that should have been the kid's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, he starts cheating right around the same time that he was cheating on the last baby mama. I mean, that's why he's got the nickname. Third trimester Thompson. You women need to stop thinking you can change a man. You never will. Who is this? You do not lump me into that shit. Are we, uh, are, are we ignoring the fact that they are coming back with a new season of... Uh... Yeah. Okay. It's, it's really difficult to believe that none of this is staged in some form or fashion. You know, if cheating did take place, when did it exactly happen? Because she just gave birth. In the, you know. I'm going to defend Kris Jenner because as angelic as she is, she's always thrown into the middle. This lady slept with a man who had more, what y'all got, estrogen? Estrogen. In yes. her system than in she did. Mm -hmm. And she endured that limp dick nigga for I don't know how long while he played and paraded around in her dresses. And then she said, you know, what is she supposed to do? Have a nervous breakdown and go cry? No. She said, you know what? We're going to turn this into a check. <laughs> I don't yeah. think she creates this stuff. I don't think Khloe Kardashian sat and conspired to have her man. And, you know, he fucking them too because I got the porno, but I ain't going to put it out, but I got it. Mm. Well, I don't think that there was a, a conspiracy like, hey, you know, setting him up to go sleep with this chick and this chick and this chick. I think he's just doing what the hell he wanted to do. You know? Mm. Well, do you think she should have stayed? young, dumb, Do you think she should have stayed? Well, it doesn't look like she's going to. I don't know what she's doing. Do you? Would you have stayed? No. So you would have left and been a single mother. But it happened four months ago. Huh? It happened like four months ago. But well, she was no, pregnant. no, no, no. The footage of him walking into the um, the Four Seasons Hotel in New York, that was recent. Yeah, dudes walking to the Four Seasons Hotel <laughs> At 4 o'clock in the morning with this chick with a really enhanced ass. I'm sorry, girl. It well, is. What time zone this happened at? It was in New York. In New York. Yeah. At 4 o'clock in the morning? That yeah. means it's 1 o'clock in LA. So oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> We oh my! Can't. And she was seen leaving with a Louis Vuitton tote with some listen, extra clothing listen. in Tony, it. Tonio is from the ain't, niggas ain't shit fraternity, so of course he gonna have an explanation. Listen, <laughs> ladies, 
Y'all are the most intuitive creatures on the face of the fucking planet, mm-hmm. but y'all still turn your eye and say, it ain't, my nigga ain't doing that. I mean, when people were talking about her leaving, people were like, well, Jay-Z admitted to cheating on Beyonce. She didn't leave. <laughs> Beyonce dropped a hit record. Yes, yeah, she, she did. She probably, thre- Solange whooped his ass. Yes, <laughs> she did. <laughs> then he dropped a hit record uh-huh. that she executive pre- or creative directed. Okay. And then now they're going on a tour together. So she said, nigga, either I destroy you and you go back up there to Brooklyn where you came from in that little damn shack or we're going to go get this bag. Beyonce's about her business. Think about it. Yep. Let's just say they got divorced, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Who could Beyonce be with? Like who's go- Honestly, I'm going to say this is going to sound very strange, so just give me a lot of leeway. But who would be good enough to be with Beyonce to where it would make as much sense as it does as it does with her being with Jay-Z. Who? Bar- Barack Obama. <laughs> well, no, we can't have that because we love um, Auntie Michelle. So, no, we love them together. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff. You're funny. Lil Uzi. <laughs> boom gang, boom gang, whole lot of gang shit. <laughs> boom gang. Let me see. Whole you lot know, of B shit. You know who I would love to see her with if she wasn't with uh, Jay-Z? Who? Rihanna. <laughs> oh, for sake. No, for real. Could you imagine? Oh my, oh god. my god! No. Let's Missy, take, a, let's take a moment. Let's let's take a moment to just visualize that. No, no, we're not doing. Rihanna that. would definitely be the one fucking her with a dildo for sure. <laughs> Beyonce, I can't even. I've tried to picture Beyonce getting fucked. I can't even imagine that angelic, mystical creature. Even though she's popped out three kids allegedly, um, having sex. Just watch the video Drunk in Love. That's how it goes down. I love her. I lo- And you know what? By the way, people are going to say, I don't know, whatever. It is hands down my favorite song by her, Drunk in Love. It is my favorite mm. song by her. Okay, what else is going on in the world? I'm sorry. Niggas is getting Pulitzer Prizes. Yes. So Kendrick Lamar's <laughs> album, Damn, has won a Pulitzer Prize for music, which is amazing because that album was so like, it just like socked you in the face. It was so dope. Never heard it. You're such a liar. No, never. Yes, you, loyalty with Rihanna. How's that go? Somebody sing it. Sing it. Somebody sing it. You've probably, heard that. If, if it's been on the radio, dun, I've dun, heard dun. it. Yeah. Dun, dun. Yeah, I, I've, okay. never, I've not heard that. Yes, you, ha- you, you have. And you've heard Humble. And you've heard Damn. Um, uh, wait, no, no, DNA. The no. video that he did with Don I watch, Cheadle. I don't watch videos. Never you've saw heard, it. We've played it in here. Oh, really? I don't yes. listen to that. Okay. You've probably heard at least seven cuts off the album and just didn't know it. Probably not. Okay. Well, anyways. I'm not a Kendrick Lamar fan. Not to say that he's not a good musician. I know that people love him and all that, mm-hmm. but like not not for anything. I just have not gotten into it. You know, I'm, I, I really can't invest my time. And falling in love with a lot of shows and musicians. and Because then I get too consumed with other things outside of what I, I just can't. Okay. Well, you can listen to music and like an artist and still carry on with your day. I watch TV shows and don't even watch the shows. They just be playing you in don't the background. Watch, no, no. Do you, you, binge do you watch? Do you, no, he doesn't binge no, watch. No, they, they play in the background. Nothing. Nothing. Like, I don't. Okay. Well, anyways, the Pulitzer board. What's wrong with Well, Law & Order I do. Law & Order. The Pulitzer uh, board called on Monday and said that the work captures the complexity of African-American life. Mm. Yeah. Well. Congratulations to Kendrick. Yeah. What so, else is going on? Well, here's a question yes. because it's because oh. this is a highly debatable thing. Okay. What are your favorite hip hop albums of all time? That's a very hard question. Ready to die. Okay. Ready to die. Yes. Yeah. That's on all of our lists. Man, ready to die. Yeah. Cardi B's new fucking album. I'm. I need you to stop. What? I mean, shout out to Cardi, but what? is that your of all time invasion of privacy? You're putting that on the list before, like, say, I don't know, Illmatic, 
Reasonable doubt. Well, I'm getting ready to go interview Khalees today, so no, Illmatic's not on my list. But I, listen, okay. I will say that I love Nas. Um, Sometimes we don't like the messenger, but we like the message. Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Yes. Miseducation That's, that's definitely Lauren on Hill. my list. Definitely has to that's be That's definitely on my list. I'm going to take it back to New York. Um, only built for Cuban links. Raekwon. As dope. <laughs> Never heard it. Oh, my. <laughs> I haven't. I'm going to need you to listen to it. I like the Wu-Tang album from like 19 whatever, but. Yeah, into the Wu-Tang. The Chronic album was amazing. Uh, yep. Eminem. Yep. Marshall Mathers. Marshall Mathers. Oh, mm-hmm. the, the double disc, yep. All Eyes on Me. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes uh It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Mace. Public Enemy. I never got into them. I love... You know, I was never about the whole struggle thing. That struggle music. It's But here's the thing is it's so relevant right now. Like, I like ev- at least every other day, I'm blasting, like... um. Welcome to the Terror Dome, or um, was that Black Steel in the Hour of in the Hour of Chaos? Yeah, ugh, live. And then Mad Villainy, mm-hmm. MF Doom, and Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. Y'all are finding out a lot about me and my musical um, days. The Niggas in Paris record was hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one record that I really do like. I do like Kanye West, Jay Z, Rick Ross, and Nicki Minaj. Uh, Monster. Mm-hmm. I, I like that record. Yeah. No, well, these are, we're talking about like full on albums. Oh, San Pablo. San, really? Kanye's album? Yeah. Before yeah. late registration, before college dropout. Never played those. What? I've heard the songs. I've heard this. Lord. No, listen. I've heard the songs, but I've never played the albums. My Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. Even. Like, yeah, man, yeah. Is this? I don't no, my dark know. Twisted, my Dark Twisted Fantasy is on the Power album, right? I've the, heard that album. Yeah. Yeah, I like that album. But so pa- Pablo But College Dropout, I've never I've I've watched one video. What's the what's the workout video? That's it. <laughs> I don't know that album. I Are don't. you more of a uh I'm an R and B. Isn't Jesus Walks on that album? I'm an R&B Jesus guy. Walks is on that album. That, I, like, I like Jesus Walks. I saw her, him and Yolanda perform that on the award show. Okay. So But I don't bump that shit. I just don't listen to like if you go through my life like as one of the in, greatest songs he's ever made. Back in the day, I used to listen to Mob Deep and Lil Kim and mm. all in Lacebo and all like really E40. I used mm. to listen. That shit made me so evil. I had to start listening to R&B music and mm-hmm. gospel and things that make me happy. Mm. I can't listen to that. I don't. I don't relate to that shit. Little Uzis, little Yachties. Uh, we cannot complain. Tech we nine, cannot compare the nine. Uzis and the Yachties <laughs> right now to fucking talking about. Yeah, but some people right now would tell you that Takashi is the greatest hip hop rapper to ever live. And on that note, we are going to move right along and start talking about orgies. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I know that you're very excited about this, Jason. No, so, I don't. No, I don't do orgies no more. No, okay. No, you want to be. You want to be a moderator. Okay. So for everybody who's wondering what the hell we're talking about, there is an orgy world record attempt set to go down in Las Vegas, um, and it's happening on June second. So I don't know. Just start jerking off and getting yourself ready. Well, I did tell my staff to research Hire a how, fluffer. how I can become a monitor. They are hiring monitors. People. Okay. So hundreds of people are gathering in the lot in Las Vegas on June 2nd to compete for a Guinness world record of the biggest orgy. There's a thousand people history. confirmed. Yes. So since city eight event will include one weekend of different themes, contests and parties that are all centered around one activity, sex. And so they're hiring people like me 
who are morally responsible yeah. to walk morally in. Morally irresponsible. Morally responsible. I just <laughs> slipped up. And to, to make sure that, you know, all the fucking has happened according to the guidelines. You know, everybody can't just go and start slaying a dick and pussy everywhere. Like, that shit is not appropriate. Okay, now hold on one second here. So Japan currently holds the record after 500 people engaged in, a, in sexual intercourse together on May 4th, 2006. I are, would really like to get a hold of that video footage because the Japanese are freaks. This is what I'd like to know. Do they do all this fucking with the lights on? That uh, you've got who? How are we gonna see? No, how, I'm gonna be a monitor, bitch. I'm gonna be there. I'm sure that yes. Okay, so the, hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay, if I do go, let me tell you how it would change my life. First of all, I don't like just watching people fucking in person because that really it's really uncomfortable. Because the moment somebody looks up at you and sees you in your eyes mm. and they see you watching them get pile driver to get a fist up their ass you know they have some level of discomfort that shit is uncomfortable i don't want to watch that you know what's interesting i used to go to hedonism a lot you what know is that hedonism it's this resort in jamaica where mm, they got find a, out she was in jamaica they got a nude side and a prude side so on the nude side you got to be nude and the prude side you can be it's clothing optional whatever. were you ever nude what side did you go on i went on both sides well here's and here's the reason is I used to shoot all Fucking my freak. I used to shoot all my calendars and magazines there because I mean shit nobody was gonna have a complaint about you know whatever state of dress I was in True. so you know and it was Jamaica and it was dope but and they were really accommodating that's different than somebody penetrating your asshole with a so goddamn pipe. I was gonna say I saw a lot of sexual stuff there sexual intercourse people were fucking I saw people fucking in in Jamaica on the beach well on at the on the resort grounds. How did I work? Wagwan. Yeah. these deep. Well, listen, I'm going to apply. It was never the staff piece. I'm going to apply though. to be a volunteer at this orgy because I do think there needs to be some some uh, level of maturity. And that's you? <laughs> <laughs> right. You, okay. know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run around throwing hot sauce on people's pussies just to see what the fuck happens. You know what? They're going to they're gonna get you. You're going to get at you. Oh, I can't. You Anyways, I, look. You know what I want to do? I, I want you to repeat the uh, that those dates because I want the fellas. Fellas. If your girl saying she's going to Vegas around this time, yes. understand she's getting, what's going on. She's getting fucked. She's going to get, yeah. She's getting fucked. Yeah, she's going to get her back so, blown out. So anyway, so the date is on, it's June 2nd, and the list of amenities set to be provided Can include- Can we stop blowing backs out in 2018? Like, come on now. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? So I'm dying get, to get mine blown out. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wait a minute. So you still expect niggas to blow your back out at 41? What? The, are you kidding me? That's well, amazing. Wait. Wait, blow your back out. Yes, Do you hear how that please. sounds? Yes, <laughs> hurt me. So he has to beat you like a CFDS worker taking Hold a child. Hold on to my shoulders. She want to yell. Hold on. <laughs> See, on one she of our get need in the rib. On one of our she? previous shows, we talked about the roast beef sandwich when your pussy hanging out, looking like it needs to be sutured. My shit still looks like a flower in bloom. <laughs> All right, motherfucker. It's pink well, and cute. We put flowers on my mom's grave. It smells really good. And- she wants to get a back flip done on her Wait, sternum. So you want to get your back blown out? I, listen, do, what no, no, part, I know. What I part just, of no, I'm listen, in my no, prime need, are we to, missing? I, I understand that shit. I know exactly what you're talking about. Thank you. I like. I don't. I'm aggressive. I'm a Scorpio. I'm an alpha you, chick. You ever got your back blown out, Jason? No. That's- <laughs> That's no. why. And you know what I've said before? I think I've said on the show. The, you know, people be like, oh, I know he's, I know he he had to get fucked before. No, I'm going to tell you why I would not, because I could never, ha- and this is me being very honest mm-hmm. for the first time. I've never said this. <laughs> <laughs> I could never have a nigga mm-hmm. walking around this street, these streets, mm-hmm. talking to another nigga saying, 
I fucked that nigga. <laughs> I personally could not handle it. I would swear to God. Right. I shoot that motherfucker. I wouldn't be able to handle it. I, my ego would not be able to handle a nigga out talking about me mm. like that. So if your girl is in Vegas on June the 2nd, chances are she's participating in this orgy. Um, the amenities they're providing are 22 queen-size beds. Why not cake? She but getting whatever. her roast beef sandwich Yo- dug out. Yoga mats, over 2,000 condoms, lube, baby wipes, tissues, towels, bottled water, breath fresheners, please and thank you, and more. And um, you want to be an orgy monitor. I do. I just feel like there should be somebody there that's responsible, that's of age. Okay, so the orgy monitors and orgy concierge Mm -hmm. will be on deck to make sure that all participants are comfortable and consensual and there's going to be masks available. If you need need stimulation in any way, I'm there to help. Will there be fluffers there? That's what I would be doing. I recently just found out about a fluffer. You know what's messed up? Do you know what a fluffer is, Jason? I'm a fluffer. Nah, you don't know what a fluffer is. I'm a fucking fluffer. Y'all talking to Jason Lee. Do I know what a fluffer is? Yes. Explain to everybody what a fluffer is. Yeah, what's a fluffer? Is. It's where the people that keep the dicks hard. Yes. Yeah, that's me. Usually they're doing it by blowing. Yo, I think that's worse. I'm a fucking fluffer. Okay. I think that's worse than being a porn star. I'm like just, you are, like if, you're, if your girl's a fluffer, <laughs> yeah. that means your girl, your, your girl's sucking dick like for a living. <laughs> your girl's really sucking dick. And she, you just don't know about it because she's not a porn star, but she's a fluffer. So she low-key sucking dick. I love how you looked at me. With like pure angelic <laughs> intentions to make sure that I didn't know what I was talking about when the whole time. Of course, I'm not no fucking fluffer. <laughs> Professionally. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of us in this there's room. There are really un- out, unprofessional There's people fluffers. really out there sucking dick and getting paid for it legally. But my question yeah. is, how do you introduce your wife at like your your family? Reunion? <laughs> hey, this is my wife, everybody. You know, Chanel, she sucks dick for a living. <laughs> legally. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if there's any fluffers going to be at the orgy. Would you I, be a fluffer? No. But like if you, like if it, the money was good, like. No. Nobody would know. No. Seven figure paydays. What if they told figure. you, listen, listen I am we'll choosy your, about we'll the boyfriends who I blow. Do you, okay? know, do you know how much scent air you could buy if you were a fluffer? You're so <laughs> funny. I don't know if they want that correla- correlation. Being I can made. bet you get your daily harvest in if you was getting your fucking fluffing on. <laughs> I'm that beach body. I am good. I am good. Anyway, speaking of sex, we're going to mosey on over to Mariah Carey, who's having a really interesting couple of weeks. You know, she came out and said that she's been suffering from bipolar disorder. Not a lot of us were surprised after that TRL incident where she came in wearing Daisy Dukes and pushing a wheelbarrow of popsicles. And everybody was like, waka flocka going on over here. But whatever. So her former manager is claiming sexual harassment because Mariah Carey was always naked. You should ask Nick about that. So Mariah Carey's former manager claims she was repeatedly sexually harassed by the singer because Mariah was constantly naked in front of her. Uh, Her name is Stella Stoppler, and she's preparing to hit Mariah with a massive lawsuit, which she's going to win because America is the most litigious country in the fucking stage. You could feel you could you could you could I could sue somebody for having bad breath and assaulting my fucking nostrils. Well, first of all, if you do, it should be E.J. Johnson. But let me tell you something really quick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Everybody know that, that nigga breath smells so good. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Stella, what's her last name? Stella Stoppler. Bitch need her ass beat. And I'm going to tell you why. All these fucking managers who really want to be famous. This is why I'm not letting no nigga rep me or no bitch rep me mm-hmm. who wants to be famous. There's only going to be one star bitch. It ain't going to be you. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. This person, Mariah Carey, she's an icon. Mm-hmm. She lets, she welcomed you into her life. She mm-hmm. welcomed you around her children. She welcomed you to manage somebody. You have to be very vulnerable to be able to be managed because you mm-hmm. got to share all your 
fears, all your concerns, mm-hmm. all your vulnerabilities. And they see all your dirty laundry. Not to mention, this is the bitch that set up the performance that she bombed on New Year's Eve and had her out there looking like a fool. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be protecting your talent. Right. Now that y'all fell out, because I ran into this manager at Takaya on Sunset, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're Mariah Carey's manager. She was like, former manager. I'm not working with her anymore. Mm. And she got fired after the New Year's Eve thing. My mm-hmm. whole thing is, how do you then go out and tell somebody business? Because well, we just wrote a story on Hollywood Unlocked mm-hmm. today that Mariah Carey was hospitalized after she thought Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, and uh, Prince Prince were coming to dinner. Where'd that come from? Oh, this manager. Well, yeah, Stella alleges that Mariah has a substance abuse problem, which has been, you know, widely discussed, and also fails to take her meds for bipolar disorder. So I think that's fucked up. Yeah, she's kind of, it seems like she's kind of kicking her when she's down. It also seems like Mariah's people are trying to get out in front of this. I'm gonna tell you, you know, by Car- you know, sh- you know, talking about her bipolar diagnosis. Let me tell you what you should do, Mariah. Give me a call. I will ruin Stella's day. Every day she wake <laughs> up, it'd be some new shit. Because I don't like nothing like that. You know, I feel like you know. Yeah, we all have heard that. You know, Mariah likes to sip. I've been around Mariah where she sipped a little bit, but she's mm-hmm. still. I mean, who don't sip a little? You ain't been around me when I've been in a rage drinking. I have definitely tearing been some shit you. up. Yes. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Right. Okay, well... Do you know how many jokes me and Tonio did about Mariah Carey during Wild and Out this last season? None. None. Zero. None. You know why? Why? Because you it's ain't It's not got, fun to make fun of somebody who has I a mean, mental... they've already done it. Everybody's yeah, done it. Yeah, this is right. old. Like, we just... I just feel like we're just more creative than that. Fuck. <laughs> right. Stop hiring these bastards that'll tell you business. Right. All okay. Right. Well, um, another thing that's popping off in the news right now is Starbucks is under fire because um, there's a boycott underway after police arrested two black men for not ordering. Um, and so since then, Starbucks has issued an apology, of course, uh, like all these big corporations do. And they are now closing down all these stores, all these uh, locations, like 8,200 locations on May 29th, which is weird. It's my father's birthday. Um, and they are going to send all their employees for um, racial sensitivity training of some sort. Okay, first of all, you need more than a day. That's I number had one. breakfast number- at Starbucks today. Okay, so you're not a part of the boycott? No, because listen. You don't boycott shit. Okay, here's the deal. You boycotted going to Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? He wouldn't go see it. I, you don't want to go. It's there. a whole other story. We don't. We ain't got time for that. I've we ain't got time Wakanda, for that, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't got time okay. for that. So I had breakfast at Starbucks today because I'm supposed to boycott Starbucks mm-hmm. because some idiot made a fucked up mistake. Not mistake. I'm gonna take that back. Decision. Did some fucked up shit mm-hmm. at a location. I'm mm-hmm. now supposed to boycott the entire brand mm-hmm. of Starbucks to send what message? Um, how strong the black dollar is. Okay. Come invest in the city of Compton for Asia Brown, who's running for Congress. Mm-hmm. Show your black dollar. You know, again, that whole black dollar thing. Diddy posted some shit on his Instagram the other day. And I text Lorianne Gibson, you know, my thoughts on it. Not not an attack towards Diddy, but I said earlier on the mm-hmm. other show, black excellence has to be more than a hashtag. We can't get mad, pick and choose when we get mad. And then we go away. Two months from now, we will never think about the Starbucks incident again. We'll be off on to the next shooting. What about the nigga that just got killed, shot 20 times in Sacramento? Ain't nobody mad about that. Oh, in his backyard? I'm drinking my Starbucks. But I'm still going. I mean, now, if they would have said, you know, we defend this behavior, we stand behind this employee, that's one thing. They didn't. They took corrective action. The manager's been fired. The whole place is shutting down to have racial sensitivity. Yeah, the police commissioner um, explained that his officers did not want to make the arrest and wished that it didn't happen. 
So I don't know. You're, you might be right so, about the fact so, that the, a boycott seems to be, you know, kind of irrelevant so at this crazy. point since action's been taken. Right. Like, you know, the and guy's look, been fired. And look at timing. Branded mm-hmm. T. Jackson is is to launch a black owned coffee shop across the nation. <laughs> Again. Brandon T. Who? Brandon T. Jackson. The you know, actor, Brand, you know from uh, uh, the lottery. Was he in Roll Bounce? A lottery ticket. Oh, with, with, uh, Bow Wow. Bow Wow. Sorry. He got that kind of money? Shit. Okay. We didn't say his money was long. But anyway, I just personally think that Starbucks did the right thing by holding the people accountable. I agree. And like, do we need, like, I did a video last night that went viral where I talked about it. Let people live. I had oatmeal today. No, I didn't have oatmeal. (laughs) I had a protein pack. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Yeah. Only reason why I'm not going to Starbucks is because I can make my own damn coffee at home. That shit's too expensive. Okay. Well, we ran out of time, but before we leave, let's just send our love and prayers to Kay Michelle. I did text Kay. You know, she was supposed to come (laughs) on our show and she didn't tell me why her management told me she had to get a procedure done. I Mm -hmm. didn't know it was as serious until I saw Mm -hmm. her crying on Instagram. So my, my heart goes out to her and I've texted her and I hope she recovers. Yeah, and I really want to see what she kind of, you know, what she does in terms of continuing the message to make, you know, young girls aware of the perils of plastic surgery because, I mean, silicone, like, started to enter into her bloodstream. Like, she was close to death several times. Well, now she'll have something to come and talk about on our show. Yeah. Not to mention, she she is taping this season of Love and Hip Hop, so I'm sure this will be a part of the storyline. I think she's really brave as well. Um, The fact that she's being so uh, transparent, transparent, to her fan base and to basically the public at large with everything that she's been going through because when it comes to plastic surgery, you know, society tends tends to be, expect you to get it, but then they're also judgmental on the other hand. Mm-hmm. You know, so I got to commend her for that as well. And we do wish her a speedy recovery. Mm. Yeah. Well, on that note, people, we're going to get to some music. So my body's so exhausted, just got back from Coachella. I feel like I've had a full workout Mm -hmm. because you're just walking around that festival chasing Beyonce all day. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have not, you know, when I came right back, I thought I would take a day off. I said, I'm going to take Monday off and relax. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, I forgot I had my shades on, but I look so cute today. I thought I just (laughs) didn't want But, yeah, I got back. I went to the gym. Mm -hmm. And and then after the gym, I went to my trainer Mm -hmm. and my body's sore. But I wish I could have just did something in my house. Sometimes I'm not able to go outside, you know, and train for whatever reason, because, you know, I've got work piled up on my desk. And if I go outside, I'm going to get distracted, you know. Oh, look at the birds. Oh, look at the, you know. So I like Beachbody.com or sorry, Beachbody on demand because it's a streaming service. It's got like a plethora of different exercises. So I never get bored because, you know, when it comes to. Me and my physical activity, I like to do yoga one day. I like to do strength training another day. Um, I like to do, you know, hardcore cardio another day. You know, um, it's just, it, it just offers everything that I could possibly think of so I don't get bored and my body doesn't get used to stuff. So I really like it for that. You know, right now I'm kind of obsessed with um, uh, the three-week yoga retreat. I'm in a very Hakuna Matata kind of. You sound really relaxed. That yoga retreat must have calmed (laughs) your ass down. It is. It's dope. And the thing is, is like their workouts are super quick. Like if you only have 10 minutes to devote to working out, then you can do some kind of hit action, which means high intensity interval training and your body will keep on, you know, your metabolism will be working all day. Well, one of their trainers, Shanti, who I know personally and who I've done some of his workouts online, are, they really will they'll get your body right. Insanity. You will, sitting, you will be pouring sweat in your home. Yeah, he, um, Shanti um, created Insanity, and it is insane. 
how much how much weight people have lost. Like they've become different people after, you know, doing um, the insanity program. It's it's really intense and you kind of got to work up to it because I mean, that wins that wins me. Well, listen, I'm I, the, the decor in my living room is actually pretty cute, but I think I'm going to move the table out the way and I'm going to try this cardio. You might have to. I'm going to try this cardio one and see how it, how it goes. So, yeah, you need some space. Okay, so how can people how can people get signed up or get this program? Okay, well, right now we're offering a special free trial membership, so you don't have to commit. Um, when you text UNLOCKED to 303030, you'll get free access to the full entire platform for free, all the workouts, the nutritional information, and support totally free. Again, just text UNLOCKED to 303030. And what I love most about that is, you know, when people commit to wanting to, you know, have a change in their life, the nutrition part is the most difficult part for mm, people to wrap mm, their minds around. Especially when you live by Katsuya. It, that part too. <laughs> I mean, those baked crab hand rolls. I don't know how you don't run across the street every oh, single day. Oh, spicy tuna, crispy I tuna. Mean, I know, yum. Anyway, but we don't Anyways, so I, yeah, exactly. But the nutritional information that they offer is just, it's so amazing because it just kind of gets all the confusion out of the way. You simplify your diet. You start with the exercise programs and a month later, look at you all transformed and stuff. Okay. So here's a challenge I'm going to give to all you fat fucks sitting on the couch. Listen to me right now. <laughs> Let's do this cardio program together. We're going to be cardio and cardioing our ass off. Yeah. So go to, um, where do they got to go again? They, all they got to do is go to, uh, where are we going? on demand. And then enter. Yeah. Wait, hold Wait, on. listen, right now, okay, so again, I'm going to challenge all you fat fucks. I'm going to tell you how we can get this done together, okay? Right now, you can get a special free trial membership. Like she said, if you go, if you text UNLOCK to 303030, that's, that's not that. waist size, breast size, and ass size. That's just the number you got to text. You to wouldn't get this want free that trial. to be your 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 bust, <laughs> middle, and 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 hips because all, you, you would just be a sausage. <laughs> just a big old round fat. You would just be like a sausage. <laughs> so no. To access the free membership, free trial membership, you have to text unlocked to thirty thirty thirty. There you go. <laughs> all right, thirty thirty thirty. Let's get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to wrap up, but uh, Tonio Skits, this is uh, my new Wild and Out homie who actually gave me some encouragement while I was there, came on the show. So now I get to go into your world. Mm -hmm. Yes. Make me a star. You are a star. Oh, thank I you. Ain't, ain't much I got to do. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to point out um, if uh, the fans want to see me back on the show, you know, and Gio wants to take uh, another vacation, <laughs> I'll be ready. Gio's working on a show. What's the name of the movie again? So uh, thank you for coming on the show, and uh, <laughs> we're out. Peace. Bye, everybody.